We're going to read the Word of God together. This morning, the Lord has laid on my heart a very familiar portion of Scripture. Many people call it the Great Commission. Uh, and so if you have your Bible with you, uh, it's going to also be on the screens. But Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, I'm going to be reading from the ESV version this morning. The Scripture is highlighted in places that I'd like for you uh, to say as we go along. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, even to the end of the age. So as we look at this scripture, Jesus has completed his life on earth. His mission is done. He has gone to the cross. He has died on the cross. He has been buried and he has been raised from the dead. And then the scriptures tell us that he was with his disciples for 40 days teaching them about the kingdom of God. And, and as we look at this, Jesus asked his disciples to meet me at a special place, a mountain. Now, we don't know for sure, but it might have been the Mount of Transfiguration. It might have been that special place where Peter and John and uh, James were there and they saw Jesus, his glory shine through his physical body. So it was a, a strategic, but also a special place where they met Jesus there. All 11 of the disciples come to meet Jesus. And the Bible tells us when they saw him, they worshiped. I don't want to skim by that because that's important. Anytime we are in the presence of the Lord, we need to worship him. Because he's worthy of praise and honor and glory. And, and he has all the power and the dominion. And, and we are his servants and we are his worshipers. We are his children, his kids who come to worship him. And I always appreciate the worship and the anointing that flows from the worship to touch people's hearts. You see, good worship will touch people's hearts. The Holy Spirit will move in ways that I as a preacher cannot do and cannot, cannot communicate because the Holy Spirit can teach us all things as we uh, come together. And so uh, when we come together, we need to worship and, and they saw for him for who he is. This morning, what is our response to his presence? Are we ready to worship him? Are we ready to celebrate? We're going to do some celebrating. And I believe the, that all of heaven will celebrate with us. For there are at least 18 that I know of who have given their hearts to the Lord. And now they are being obedient to what the master has said and being baptized. And so it's a celebration not only here, but in heaven, I believe. And Jesus speaks to them from this mountain. He gives him his last words. Now, if you are about to leave and you know that you are not coming back for a long time, he's coming back, really, man. Amen. Then what you 
saying will be of utmost importance. And so Jesus gathers his disciples. They're surrounding him. And he is about to ascend into heaven. There to take his place upon the throne. Amen. Uh, and he's giving his heart to the disciples. He's trained them. He's worked with them. He's breathed the spirit of God into them. And now he's ready to give them these parting words that we heard. They were his directives. His assignment. His mission. And they include us. Did you know that when you come to know the Lord as your Savior, that this great commission is for you and for me? None of us can escape the orders, if you will, of the general or the uh, captain of, of the faith, which is Jesus Christ. And they include us. Now, this scripture tells us that Jesus told them that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And at times we skim by that. You see, we haven't got to what is the great, considered the Great Commission. But many times we mess up by missing this. It is because of the authority and the power of Jesus that he can command us to go and we are supposed to go. He can command us to teach and to baptize. And we don't do it in our authority, but we do it in his. He's in charge. He's in control. He is in heaven and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And there he is in control of not only uh, the universe, but everything that we say, see and everything that we encounter. He is in charge of it. So it is in light of this authority that Jesus gives this great commission. Not a great suggestion, as many take it. You see, it's not a great suggestion, but it is a great commission. It is as if a military officer reminds his private of his rank before he gives the order. And it's because Jesus has the authority that he can send whomever, wherever he wants you to go. Now, I'm thankful that the Lord has kept me in this little city of Woodford County in Versailles. I'm thankful for that. But if he said go, I'm going to go. Because I'm not in charge of my life anymore. Really, ultimately, I never really was in charge of it. And so the, the Lord uh, can, can command us to go wherever uh, he has decided for us to go. It is at his beckoning power you see when we think about this from an earthly standpoint great power in the hands of some people would be mighty dangerous but power in the hands of Jesus my friends is there's nothing better because he has your best interest at heart he wants you to be a part of his kingdom he wants you to be a part of this saving grace that he has uh, a gift into the world and we'll just uh, receive that. He wants us to be a part of what he is doing in this world. Hey, I'm going to upset some of you, but we're not called to just sit here in this pew and show up every Sunday morning. We're called to do this great commission, which we're going to talk about. And, and uh, that's the heart of God 
that we testify and that we win others to Christ and that we disciple them, which is a word you don't hear much of anymore. And we do all of this on the basis of the authority of Christ Jesus. Who else could give us the authority to tell people they need to change their way of thinking and acting? Who am I? Nobody. But with the power of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. You see, he has given us the keys to the kingdom. And he said that you are to go and to do. He sent his disciples when they were here upon this earth out two by two. And he said, go and, uh, and, and heal people. Go and cast out demons. I give you authority. You have the power yes. to do this. The authority comes through Christ. He gives it to us. It's not our own authority. It's only upon his authority. The Bible tells us he's been given all authority. There's no one higher than Jesus. His name is higher than any other name is what the Bible tells us. Jesus has defeated every devil. He has defeated Satan and death and hell and the grave. And, and ultimately, when it's all said and done, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord and he is King. He has all of the power and all of the authority. And he's given us a job. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a job to do. Every one of us are accountable to Jesus. He has all authority on earth. More than President Joe Biden. More than President Vladimir Putin. More than all the CEOs of this world. More than all of the billionaires of this world. Jesus' authority extends over the whole earth and the whole world, the whole universe. There is no place outside of the authority of Christ. And it's him who comes to us. You see, he came to the disciples, but we are the disciples. And as a matter of fact, in uh, John 17, he prays for us who will be here because of the witness of those disciples he was with. And so we are called... We have a calling and a commission, something that God has called us to do. So there is a great commission. And there is a great command. He's all powerful. And the scripture here says, therefore, what does that word mean? It means as a result of what I just told you, which is that Jesus has all authority and all power. It's as a result of that, therefore, you are to what? Go. Look at your neighbor and say go. Now, now nobody get up and leave, okay? I want you to stay for the whole thing. But Jesus has called us to go. Not to stay. Not to hunker in the bunker. Not to uh, uh, shield ourselves inside the four walls of the church. Help me preach somebody who, who has this and understands this. We are called to go out into the world and to be witnesses that Jesus Christ has saved our soul. That he has made us into a new creature. That we are alive in Christ Jesus. No longer dead in our trespasses and sins. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And I don't can you tell? So therefore, we are called to go. Look at your neighbor one more time and say go. 
called to go, not to wait, to be on the offensive. You see, those who have been in the military, and I have not, but I understand this, mobility is key to any conquest. You're not going to defeat anybody. You're not going to conquer anybody if you're in the military. If you just say, well, we're going to sit right here. We don't want the enemy to come to us. That's not conquering. We're called to go. We're called to be on the offensive to witness to people. Even in Cracker Barrel. You know, folks, I love to go to Cracker Barrel. I'm on a, a low-carb diet, and they got all those vegetables and all those things, and, and I can eat, and ooh, it's good. We don't get no biscuits, though. It's so sad. <laughs> the Lord has called us to go, and this is not where you witness. This is where you show up to be refueled and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And to be energized and to be taught the word of God so that we know how to witness and we know how to declare the goodness of God. Yes. So we're, look at your neighbor and say, go one more time. Go. What's the second command of Jesus? He says, make disciples, not converts, not supporters of the cause, but make disciples. This, this is uh, unique. We, we hear all about people uh, be, becoming born again, but are we creating or making disciples? For a disciple is a learner, one who uh, comes to learn, one who uh, uh, has bought into everything that God wants for them to do. And a disciple is trained by another Christian, another disciple. Somebody who has maybe walked a little farther in this walk of faith. Somebody who maybe uh, loves them and is a, a part of their life. And so we're called to make disciples. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow him. That means to crucify the old self. Nobody has any of these. I put these down here for myself. Crucify the old attitude. Crucify the jealousy in your life. Crucify the anger and the strife and the selfishness and the bitterness and the pride in your life. Uh, I know I'm preaching to myself this morning. You have to crucify those things. We have to let God be in charge of our life. And you see, I, I, I come to the conclusion a long time ago that I'm not in charge. I didn't even want to be a pastor and a preacher, but I love it now. Especially on days like today. Yeah. A great crowd. Baptizing, but ask me on several Monday mornings and you wonder why he's ever preaching. Because there's discouragement sometimes. Can I, can I, just to be honest, we're called to be disciples which stick with it yeah. through the thick and the thin yeah. who stay with the Lord. Not just when we're all Disciples, look at your neighbor and say, Are you making disciples? Disciples are made, they're not spontaneously generated at conversion. 
is a product of process that involves other believers. It is not just conversions that spread Christianity. It is disciple-making that spreads Christianity. Because somebody's converted, tomorrow might be unconverted. But once you're a disciple, and you become a part of what God is doing, and you see how he's called you, and he's done things in your life, and he's taken this old wretched sinner, and he's made them into a new creation. Once you've seen all of that, and you've become a disciple, and you've bought into it, then there's no turning back. Look at your neighbors say, I've come too far to turn back now. <laughs> Make disciples. And then third in his command was baptize. Well, we're obeying the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Baptize. It means to immerse or to overwhelm. Baptism is an act of obedience that follows salvation. You do not get saved through baptism. You declare publicly that you have already been saved in baptism. It is a demonstration of what has already happened in your heart, if you will, maybe even in private, but it has become public. I am on board with Jesus. I am a disciple of the Lord. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do what he said I am to do. Therefore, I am going to get baptized. If you've been saved, you ought to be baptized. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that condemning because I'm saying it because I want you to follow it more wholeheartedly after the Lord. Yes. Be obedient. So today what we'll watch is a dramatization. The old life of sin is buried. Yes. And the new life has been resurrected. I am no longer the same. If you have been saved, you are no longer the same. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are saved and saved to the uttermost. And I want you to know that you are a new man or a new woman in Christ. I'm glad that I'm different. That I'm a believer. I'm glad that I know the, the Lord in whom to know is everlasting, eternal life. And today, we are witnessing those who have gone public in their decision for Christ. We're celebrating new life. The old is gone and the new is here. That's why, I don't know how they do it in every church, but when somebody gets baptized, we celebrate and we clap our hands and we rejoice because it is a witness to us and it is a witness to the world that Jesus still saves and he still delivers from the old man and creates a new man. So when we see somebody today get baptized, if you don't know them, clap anyway because somebody's destiny has been decided. They're going to heaven, which was created for those who know Christ Jesus. The fourth command, teach. Teach. The content is everything that Jesus 
has commanded you. Everything. That, can I tell you something? Now, you can't uh, teach somebody and make them a disciple in five minutes. This is not a microwave kingdom. This is a marinating kingdom. This is a crock pot overnight kind, you know what I'm saying? Of a long term kind of making disciples and teaching all, all. Can you teach that in five minutes? I don't think so. All that Jesus commanded. Everything. The substance of that. And can I tell you, in our generation, we have forgotten about this process of making disciples and teaching. There's still teachers, but there's not as many people willing to sit underneath of the teaching. And I want to instruct you. I love you. Even every one of you. Some of them I've never met until today. But I love you enough to tell you that you need to get in a Bible study. You need to study yourself. You need to get into the Word of God. Because sometimes all you need in your life to change it is one word from God. One word. That's all you need. One word. We must subject ourselves to teaching. The more you know of Him, the more you love Him. The more you've been through with Him, the more you love Him. Paul says that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. And we love that and we rejoice. Oh, we've got power. We've got authority. But also in the fellowship of the suffering. And I tell you that we all suffer. Every one of us. My heart breaks when people suffer. But hear me. And hear the pastor's heart. If suffering will bring you to Jesus, I'm okay with it. I don't want you to struggle, I don't want you to suffer. But if it will bring you to your knees to Jesus, that you would want to know him and that you would depend upon him and that he would be a part of your life, I'm okay with it. Look at your neighbor and say, that pastor's weird. <laughs> Disciples are teachers. Disciples are continual learners. Hear this. So there has been a great authority and a great command. And I always put myself in the place of somebody within the scripture. And here are the disciples. We gotta go? All over the world? We gotta baptize? We gotta teach all, all the things that Jesus taught us. authority and the great command comes a great promise. For Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. You see, therefore, you can do it. We as a church can do it. Oh, I'm so thankful to see this house. I'm almost full today. There's still some places up front. Everybody avoids up front. But I'm thankful that the Lord is with us. 
is with us always, even to the end of the age. How many can see that things are starting to wrap up here on the surface? It sure feels like it. Sure feels like it. And we're coming to the end of the age. And the Bible tells us that we should not forsake assembling together even so much more as we see the day approaching. So if you're not in a church, you need to get in one. Whether it's this one or another that believes in the Bible truth. Amen? For the day is coming when Christ will come to receive his bride and will be caught up. The dead in Christ shall rise first, the Bible says. And they, then we which are alive and remain, we shall be caught up with them in the air there to be with the Lord forever and ever. I'm with you even to the end of the age. So don't get discouraged. Don't get overwhelmed. Trust in Jesus. If you are here today, Christian, and you have somehow put the Great Commission on the back burner, we do it sometimes. And we have treated it more like the Great Suggestion than the Great Commission. Then what can you do? Number one, ask God to forgive you for that. Number two, go right back to the Great Command and go and make disciples. That's what God's called us to do. Oh, then, and I, my, my greatest prayer and desire is that everybody that I know would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and have that hope that I have. Doesn't that prick your heart this morning? God, help me to be a part of your great commission. God, help me to be a part of that. And if you're here this morning and the odds are that in a crowd this size that somebody doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then I want you to look that Jesus has already paid the price for your salvation. Scripture says, go, where to go? He came. He went to the cross for us. He made disciples that are still discipling. Still, they're, they're, can I? Uh, Ken says this all the time. Paul's reward, he hasn't received it yet. Because those who read the scriptures that Paul wrote and are saved through that Roman road, everyone is, has sinned and comes short of the glory of God. Each one, each person has it. So for each person that gets saved, maybe Paul has a little bit of a reward for it. those who are getting saved. And, and maybe even though I'm just a little The Bible tells us it's very simple. And there would be no greater day. Don't wait for a more special day. There would be no greater than today than today to receive Christ as your Savior. For today is the day of salvation. I don't know if you brought a change of clothes or not, but we'll dunk you and leave you in your white clothes if you want to. If you want to get baptized today. The Bible simply says, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. 
says those who confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and those who believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead they shall be saved so if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior 